Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is August 29th, 2020, which means I'm on day 259 in a row of 365 promised episodes. It brings you unedited, unscripted improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Well, folks, the Padres came out swinging again yesterday, this time against the Colorado Rockies, winning 10-4. to Now, I am seriously and absolutely impressed by the ability of the bat of the San Diego Padres. If you haven't heard about this, or if you don't listen to the Peter Gabbett podcast very much, or you just tuned in recently, please take the time and effort to watch at least one game with the Padres in it, and you will seriously be impressed. Now, their their pitching sucks. Let's face facts. Their pitching absolutely stinks. They need to make some trades before the playoffs because they will get that wild card spot. Who's fighting for the wild card spot in their division? The Rockies. Who did they just beat yesterday? The Rockies. Now, the LA Dodgers are the best team in the L- in the MLB. So it is impossible to assume that the Padres will even get near first place unless the Dodgers start losing every single game from this point on and the Padres win every single game, which is not going to happen. The Dodgers are absolutely the best team in the MLB, but does that mean they will be able to beat a team in a series and eventually face off against the San Diego Padres and beat them in the postseason? I'm not sure. So my hope is that some team out there is able to knock off the Dodgers before they face the Padres, who I assume will make the wild card, and I assume will get past the first round of the MLB playoffs and make it to a point which they haven't made it to since the year 2010. Yeah, that was the year before I moved here, and ever since I've lived in this city, the Padres have been shitty And I have sucked on their titty. No, I have not. Some terrible news that if you haven't heard, I'm going to spill the beans on right now. Chadwick Boseman, the Black Panther himself, died yesterday after a four-year battle with colon cancer. Now, I'm going to say this. I had no idea this guy was sick at all. He was so amazing in the action movies he did, in the drama movies he did, especially Jackie Robinson. And no less, it was on Jackie Robinson Day. A day dedicated to Jackie Robinson. A guy who plays Jackie Robinson died of colon cancer after a four-year battle. Now, apparently he had been undergoing surgeries and chemotherapy all while making five movies that were all awesome. The guy is an inspiration to us all, fighting a deadly disease and still putting in an extreme amount of work to take care of his family, to just prove that he is one of the all-time greats especially in the acting scene. Chadwick Boseman, you will be missed so much. 
There is not a person out there who will be able to take your place as Black Panther in the Marvel series or in the Marvel movies. And I, I just got to say, I was shocked to even find out about this. Maybe I'm out of the loop. Maybe other people knew. But to me, the guy always looked healthy. He always looked like on top of his game. And to realize now that he was on the brink of death this whole time is just an absolute shock to me. And I am super surprised and I'm sad and I'm sure you are too. Rest in peace, Mr. Bozeman. Rest in peace. I know I've probably put you in a state of depression enough with the news about Chadwick Bozeman, but there was another important celebrity, especially to the city of Portland, who passed away this morning. And he is. Cliff Robinson, also known as Uncle Cliffy. He played eight seasons for the Portland Trailblazers. He was a star for them, including his rookie year in 1989 when he came into the league for the Blazers and was just beloved by the fans to the highest degree. He even played on the squad in 1991-92 season where they actually made it. Was it 90-91? Either way, they made it to the NBA Finals to play against, you know who it was, the Chicago Bulls, who beat the absolute crap out of us, although the Blazers did win a game or two in that series. And it was, in part, thank, thanks to Uncle Cliffy. He played on a fantastic Blazers squad. At one point, it was Cliff Robinson, Jerome Kersey, Kevin Duckworth, Clyde the Glide Drexler, I mean, the list goes on and on. And this guy was just, will go down in history as a legacy to the Portland Trailblazers. Not to mention, he was on the show Survivor in 2014. Yes, this I did not know until recently. Cliff Robinson decided to, you know, put his body to the fullest limit it could possibly go physically and join survivor and actually made it as the 14th contestant that season well he got 14th place i should say now i don't know how many contestants are usually on there there might only be 14 but i will say i could absolutely never make it on survivor i am the world's biggest pussy i need a cushy pillow top mattress to sleep at night I can't have mosquitoes around me or I'll get bit and my whole body will swell up. I have all these little pathetic things that I have to do and rituals before I can even go to bed each evening and things that I can't eat and things that I'm allergic to. And it's just I am not a human being that is capable of being on the Survivor Show. But Cliff Robinson is capable of being in the NBA for 18 seasons and then go beyond Survivor. Now, his cause of death is unknown at this point, but I must say it is a sad day for basketball fans and for fans of the Marvel movies, especially Black Panther. Rest in peace, Cliff Robinson and Chadwick Boseman. New movie review, folks. The Lovebirds starring Kumail Nanjiani. Yes, it is about 
I'm not even positive. Now, I watched this thing with all my attention, and I'm not even sure, is it about two people falling out of love and then falling back in love? Is it about a murder mystery? Is it about a scandal between politicians and a weird cult group in New Orleans? It's about all that wrapped into one. Now, it is... An exciting movie in the sense that if you put yourself in the position of Kumail and his girlfriend in this movie, then you would find yourself in a wicked chase and just running from the police and chasing after these folks who you have to prove that are the reason why you're in the position, why you're running from the police in the first place to disprove your own. It's kind of like The Fugitive. It's like a couple's virgin, version, virgin, no, version of The Fugitive with Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae, who before this movie, I had no idea who she was. She's fantastic. I love her. She is hilarious. She's genuine. And I, I believed every minute of her acting 100%. This movie, you know, it's not to be taken seriously. It's definitely a comedy. I laughed out loud several times. Now, Johnny is funny. He is. And I give it a 6 out of 10. I do recommend watching it. If you don't see it for the rest of your life, you die having not seen The Lovebirds, not a big deal. No no problem. You've seen enough good movies that it, it's not imperative that you watch this. But if you are bored and you do have Netflix, and you have watched it all, you have, you've exhausted your entire Netflix list of movies that you wanted to see, and you haven't seen The Lovebirds, check it out. It's funny enough. 6 out of 10. Well, folks, the Blazer game is scheduled tonight at 6 p.m., and I expect it to actually occur having the boycott over, and the Lakers probably in a rush to absolutely destroy Portland tonight, which sadly, I truly believe will happen. Now, I am a big-time Blazers fan. I love them. They're my favorite team in any sport. But I do not have confidence that they can win against LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, I mean, a team that is stacked to the brim, and we don't have Damian Lillard at the helm. That is just terrible news. Now, will they be inspired to provide a sense of honor to the untimely death of Cliff Robinson? Yes. Now, I do believe C.J. McCollum could have a breakout game, but he is the only other star on the Blazers squad. Yusuf Nurkic, he's a great rebounder. In fact, he's also a good shot blocker. Is he a scorer? No. Hassan Whiteside... Also a really great shot blocker. In fact, I think he led the league this year in shot blocking. However, he can't score worth a damn. And we all know Carmelo Anthony can score. He can. But for the most part, through this series, he's had to guard LeBron James. And LeBron James is guarding him. Now, for some reason or another, they've put Gary Trent Jr. on LeBron once in a while. And it makes no sense to me at all. The guy is a foot shorter than LeBron James. If I'm getting guarded, if I'm LeBron and I'm getting guarded by Gary Trent Jr., I'm going to jump 
and shoot the ball no matter where I am on the court because this little guy's not going to be able to stuff me. That's impossible for him. Sure, if I'm trying to handle the ball, Gary Trent Jr., he's got quick hands, maybe he can steal. But he's not going to reject any shot from LeBron James. So I say keep Carmelo on LeBron, put Gary Trent Jr. on Contavious Caldwell Pope or whatever that guy's name is, and your only shot at winning this basketball game is if C.J. McCollum puts up a miraculous 30-plus, maybe even 40 points to make up for the loss of Damian Lillard. Now, I don't even like talking about this because it makes me sick to my stomach, but I have to bring it up because this should be the most breaking news on the planet right now. 39 missing children were found by the U.S. Marshals in Georgia, presumably being put into some sort of sick and twisted child sex trafficking ring, which absolutely makes my blood boil. Anyone responsible or linked to this in any way should absolutely face the death penalty. You do not deserve to be alive if you have anything to do with this sick and twisted scenario. I cannot even fathom if one of my children was taken, not only taken, but it turned out that they were in some sort of sick and twisted child sex trafficking ring, I would absolutely dedicate every waking moment of my life to massacring any criminal I came across. I wouldn't care if you were like just a user of heroin, you're dead. If you drove through a stop sign, you're dead. Because I would be gone. My brain would be absolutely out of my head at that point. I would just become a murderer. Because if this happened to somebody I loved, there is nothing that would stop me from seeking revenge on every single human being on the planet. I am not a stable enough individual mentally to withstand something like this. So to the folks whose parents are, who are the parents of these children, I am just praying for them. And I'm so glad that these children get to be returned to their homes. But whoever's responsible for this should face a firing squad 100%. No, actually, they should be tortured for years and years before that. They need to be just put in a 100% rape you in the ass prison for like years and years before they get murdered in a like brutal fashion, slowly like from some Saw movies type shit, dude. I'm saying like, I don't even know how to describe what should happen to these people, but it should be very bad. And thank God the U.S. Marshals found these 39 children this should be the headline of every single news media outlet on the planet right now. And sadly, for some reason, it is not. And I can't believe that. I hate to even bring it up. I'm sorry. But thank God these missing children were found. In the words of Bruce Buffer, 
It's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbard podcast we've all been waiting for, and that is Real Stories, brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Hankst, and Barbecue, and that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. Today, folks, I'm going to tell you the story about when I was able to get a grand-scale-sized movie collection During a time when movies were seriously expensive and overpriced, DVDs were a new thing, and blockbuster video still existed. Yes, now, back in that time, I still lived in Oregon, so it was over a decade ago. I mean, this was a long time ago. This was probably, I was maybe 19 years old, so I'm saying 15 years ago. Blockbuster video still existed. I'm not kidding. It was everywhere in Oregon. In fact, there's still one in Oregon, believe it or not, in Bend. But it's more of the it's more of a nostalgia reason as to why it still exists. But when there was blockbuster video everywhere, there was one on Cornelius Pass and Baseline in Hillsboro, Oregon. Now I stayed with my girlfriend at the time at her house all the time, right around that area. So I must have been 18 because we moved out when I was, yeah, so I was 18 years old. So so 16 years ago, 16 years ago, I was 18. I lived with my girlfriend and our friend known as Fat Ryan back then, but now known as heroined out in Washington County Jail for possession of heroin, Ryan, was working at the Blockbuster Video as a cashier. I don't even know how he got the job there. It makes no sense. He already back then had a terrible background and he must have like really shined during the interview or something because I mean this guy is borderline retarded as it is. So being on drugs and all the other problems he had, I would not personally hire him no matter what. If I'd never met him, I would still not hire him. And I I think I actually applied for this blockbuster video as well and didn't get the job. And then like a few months later, here's Fat Ryan working at Blockbuster. It's ridiculous. But what he would do, being the terrible employee that he was, every single day, he would open an account with a fake name and a fake everything, just all this fake stuff and a fake phone number, just make up something. And then he would rent movies on these accounts and, of course, never return them. So one day he comes to me and he says, hey, he's like, I need some weed. Uh, At the time, I sold Bud. And I I always made deals with people who had some sort of connection. I remember there was a time when I, you know, traded a whole bunch of weed for uh, a knife. It was a stiletto, real Italian Milano steel switchblade. I remember a time when I traded weed. Well, I traded weed for alcohol all the time. But in this case, I wanted some movies. I was a movie lover. I still am. And back then, you didn't have a media streaming service that you could just see a hundred different movies within a second. It didn't exist. Nothing like that existed. You had to have a DVD player, and you had to have a bunch of DVDs, or you didn't have any movies to watch. Unless, by chance, a movie was being played on regular TV with an insane amount of commercials in between every single scene, and it was just not worth watching. So I was on a mission to get movies and this guy approached me and he's like, hey, I will I will bring you a new movie or two or three new movies every other night for a month straight. I just need a half ounce of weed. I'm like, hey, no problem, but uh, I'm going to need to see, 
you know, what type of movies you can bring me and proof that this is a real thing. So I'll never forget, the first movie you got for me was Empire, starring John Leguizano, and it is about uh, a drug empire in New York City, and a guy wants to diversify his money, and so he goes into a stock exchange scenario where one guy who's a scumbag tells him if he puts an investment into this business, it'll all go well, and instead it goes south, and the guy's a scammer as well, and he rips off the drug dealer, and it's bad news because he gets killed at the end of the movie. Either way, I wanted this movie, and he got it for me the next day. I'm like, all right, all right, he's the real deal. I will give him some weed. So I gave him about a half ounce, and he starts bringing in movies every other day. I'm talking three, four, five at a time sometimes. And I'm thinking, how have they not realized that every time he's on shift, he sets somebody up with an account with a random name he decides, and they miraculously rent three or four movies that they never return. I just don't understand how they don't catch up with him faster. But within about a month and a half of him doing this, what do you know? He gets pulled into a manager's office. They bring up the fact that every time he's on shift, there's a whole bunch of new accounts opened and a whole bunch of movies rented, none of which were ever returned. So they knew he stole them, but they couldn't do anything about it. In fact, they could look at the cameras which I don't understand why they didn't, and they could make him pay for all these movies, which I also don't understand why they didn't, but for no reason at all, just sheer dumb luck, the type of luck Fat Ryan always had. I'm telling you, this kid was not only the unluckiest person on the planet, but at the same time, the luckiest human being I've ever met, and they just simply fired him and told him to kick rocks. They were like, get out of here. You know, we know you've stolen, probably at that point, like, four or five hundred bucks worth of merchandise and they didn't want any of it back they didn't even want him to admit that he did it they just wanted him off the premise and i'm like dude this is crazy i seriously i i never got away with stuff i mean i guess randomly sometimes i i have to admit i did if it was a specific circumstance that involved being with him and that's how i got away with it or being with somebody else who looked like a nice young lad or woman, but me, if it was just me, I always got screwed. Something about my look. You just look at me and you know, this guy's up to no good and he's the leader of this group of no good doers and he needs to get screwed. I'm that guy. I admit if I see a lineup of people and I'm in there, I'm picking out myself because I, you can just tell you can but this dude, Fat Ryan, man, he had the charm where he just looked so innocent. And the fact is, he wasn't. And somehow, after a few months of scamming and ripping off Blockbuster Video on Cornelius Pass and Baseline, all he did was get fired. And to this day, I'm not even kidding you, I still have one of the movies. Just I, I kept it as a souvenir. Because for the most part, DVDs are worthless. They're not even HD. They're not high definition. I mean, kids don't even know what HD is because everything automatically is HD or way beyond that in 4K. They don't even think of those terms anymore. But back in the day, before things were high definition and Blu-ray was out, there was DVD. And I had many of them, all thanks to Fat Ryan and his job at Blockbuster Video. 
Thank you very much for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. It means a lot to me to have listeners like you continue to listen. I appreciate you. I'm going to get better every week. I hope you have a fantastic afternoon. And you guessed it, I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, I will admit, back in my youth, I could be misconstrued as a small-time crook, a criminal even. But, you know, I, I left that life behind me because I'm just trying to see a better day. And I just want to live my life, have a family, a career. And that's what I've done now in my adult life. And I'm very sad to, to find out that that never happened to my poor friend, Fat Ryan. He's still in the drug world. He's still doing nothing. He's still a low life. So if this song is for him. I wish you would hear it. And I wish you would listen to the lyrics. It's called Trying to See a Better Day by the Isley Brothers. Trying to see another day. Trying to find a better way.